It was supposed to be a joyous day. Each spring, the villagers awakened the Tanokami, the spirit of the rice, with dancing and song. The rapid booming of drums announced the appearance of Amaterasu, the sun goddess. When her beams shone across the dark waters of the rice paddies, the young girls of the village raised their voices in welcome. Their older sisters began to dance across the wooden platforms that crisscrossed the shallow water. Another group of young people waited for a signal from the village chief. The rice seedlings that they held would then be transplanted into the paddies, marking the beginning of this year's crop. The kami of the rice, who had been asleep all winter, now would awake to these pleasant sounds. In a benevolent mood, he would repay the villagers with a plentiful harvest. A quantity of the very best rice from last year had been saved and would be cooked and eaten at today's feast, which all would share. No one had ever actually seen the rice spirit, but neither did anyone doubt his existence. For clearly, it was a great and powerful force that visited the rice paddies, causing the plants to grow and bringing prosperity and life itself to the village year after year. But this year, as the ceremony was reaching its height, someone saw a ripple in the water, some distance from where the seedlings were about to be planted. A boy pointed to the spot and cried out, but his mother hushed him. Someone else noticed. But thought it was only a carp that had somehow gotten into the paddy. Then it emerged from the water, and everyone saw. The music slowed, then stopped, and the dancers froze. A village elder with poor eyesight motioned furiously for them to begin again, thinking that this must be a visible manifestation of Tanokami, an unparalleled honor for the village. When the news spread, a shrine would have to be built. Pilgrims would travel here to see the place where Tanokami had. The spirit seemed to be trying to stand, but very unspirit-like was having trouble. As he tumbled forward, the sun shone on his back, illuminating a rainbow of colors. As the villagers saw it, a murmur spread through the crowd. Now, on his hands and knees, the kami splashed about, trying to rise again. Two of the elders exchanged glances. Perhaps someone should help him. No, that would be blasphemous. The kami got to his feet and took a few steps forward clumsily, like a baby. The sun illuminated the front of his body now, and the villagers could see something that looked very much like blood. But that was unthinkable, unless it was meant to be a bad omen, a very bad omen. There was only one other explanation. One of the elders took a deep breath and stepped into the rice paddy, thinking that if he were wrong, he would be struck dead. That would not be so bad because he had already lived a long time. Besides, death was certain to be swift. But nothing happened. Ankle deep in the water of the paddy, the elder turned and said, "Come and help me. If it is only a man, we cannot let him die in the rice field." Everyone saw the truth of this. Death brought pollution to the place where it occurred. Even Buddhist monks would have to work hard to make the paddy safe for planting again. Perhaps it could not be used this year at all. The kami, or man, 
for that is what he turned out to be after all, had fallen again, and was lying with his face down, motionless. Lift him up, lift him up, the elder called to the others. He must not die here. There was no lack of helpers. Now that others saw it was safe to enter the paddy, many followed. As they pulled the fallen man from the muddy water, they saw that he was bleeding from several gashes in his chest and arms. But his back was what caused the greatest surprise among those who picked him up. They had seen tattoos before, but none as elaborate and colorful as the one this man had. It was almost enough to make them think he was, after all, a visitor sent from heaven to deliver some strange and wonderful message, one that only a very wise man could decipher.